Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Shot of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and today we are recapping Dark, Season 2, Episode 6, An Endless Cycle. And I'm here with the recap queen. She is Lindsay Dunn from one of my stories. Ahoy there, Lindsay. Ahoy, Steve. Choppy waters ahead on this episode. <laughs> You're right. I I love this one. Uh, I don't want to get too gushy, but this is the one that um, it's it's. I think it was my favorite episode. Um, it, I know it's my favorite episode of this season. Could be my favorite episode altogether because, like I told you, I was confused. And then this is the one that I saw <laughs> that kept me going. That I really loved because I love the time travel rules in this one, and I love the. I, I just love the endless cycle of it all, I suppose. Yeah, I think for many people, maybe myself included, I need to, I want to like rewatch season three before I can fully say that, say that about this being my favorite episode. But I do know that many people, okay. many fans of the show do consider this their favorite episode. And you know, maybe by the end we can we can talk of when we when we finish. You know, at the end we can maybe talk about why that is. Okay, yeah, right. I mean, I know that um our friend Tash slash Tosh <laughs> agrees <laughs> as well. Like um like they said that this was their favorite episode too. Um, I don't remember. I season one is the one that's strongest in my memory and I have very vague memories of season three. So I don't really know where we're going. So I might, hopefully it will pick up more favorite episodes along the way. Cause it's always good if something keeps getting better. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and every watch is different as, as we've ever sure. proven. <laughs> Let's see. We checked in with like, I'll say this at the beginning. We checked in with, everybody in this episode with the exception of Elizabeth. Like, I don't know where she was. She was nowhere to be found in this entire episode. And she was the only person that we didn't get to check in with, except, you know, during that, during that, um, the episode itself did a recap. Are we going to recap the episodes recap <laughs> that they did at the very <laughs> beginning? Um, they showed a scene of Elizabeth um, losing, dropping her rabbit or her hat or something. But that was just a, you know, a rehashing of when she ran into Noah. There's no like, you I mean, know, you, when... you mean everybody, I guess you mean everybody in this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause we get to look back and see everybody from, you know, this date, June 20th and we don't get to check in with her. So that bummed me out a little bit. Hmm. Well, so, I mean, there's probably other people that were left out. Like, we don't see Yana either, but... Um, we do at the party. She's at the party. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, see, that's we see true. everybody. And, like, we don't see Waller, but somebody's on the phone with Waller. There's no even <laughs> mention of Elizabeth. <laughs> no, nobody even says anything about her. It's like she doesn't exist, and it's like... Jürgen, oh. Jürgen Obendorf is nowhere to be seen. Um, so don't okay, make me, okay, like, prove okay. you wrong, Steve. But, yeah. <laughs> Characters. Elizabeth's one of the mains here. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm just messing around now. Are you ready to get on with our recap, Lindsay? Yes, I am. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm going to hand it off to you. Okay, an endless cycle. 
Jonas wakes up. The Nina song is playing. The one about sometime, somewhere. Yeah, it's a great one. Great callback. You know, it's going to be the song that keeps playing in the show, apparently. (laughs) He's wearing a blue shirt. His bed linens are blue. And it's a sunny day out, which is... Mm -hmm. Which is visually so jarring at first, so different, because <laughs> right. we're used to the, the waking up and it being like bleak and dreary, whether we're in the apocalyptic world or the current world. Mm-hmm. It's just a little trigger that visually lets us know this day is going to be different. <laughs> right. There's no next car to be seen. And we are looking at Jonas on the day his father killed himself, the day before things started going wrong in Jonas's eyes. And I wouldn't have noticed the blue thing if you hadn't pointed it out to me. Um, But it it falls right in with our color schemes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, kudos to you. There's one one point for you. (laughs) Yeah, I think I went back to like, first the first episode when he wakes Mm -hmm. up and i mean the bed sheets may not be a different color but he's definitely wearing like a drab t-shirt that's like a a, like a gray Mm -hmm. color so they just made it look just calm and peaceful that day and like nothing is going wrong (laughs) and like the nina song like the uh one of the lines of the song that i wrote down was the future starts somewhere, and mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's today. Maybe it's today. <laughs> oh, and he's short-haired, Jonas. Um, he has shorter hair now, so that even though he has that neck scar and stuff, it's like he's decidedly different. Like not just the way he holds his face because of like the pain he's you know gone through over this like six months, but yeah, his hair's shorter. His dad notices that at one point. Right. Yeah, he notices the haircut. Um, this is definitely more clear. The hair, the hair grows. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's not the shaggy Jonas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jonas then runs downstairs, smells the milk, and pours himself a bowl of cereal. The milk is good this time. There's no rotten milk in the fridge. Everything's going great. Bill's getting paid. (laughs) He turns to see Michael Conwald in the flesh. The adult Michael. This is the first time we've seen him. Um, mm-hmm. Besides, you know, we've seen him in pictures. We've seen him in creepy dreams. <laughs> he's never smiling, though. Yeah. But he's here he's smiling and teasing his son. Yeah. And Jonas plans to go to the lake with his friends. His father reminds him it may storm later. So... Right. Bring something for the rain. And Hannah comes downstairs and gives her husband an affectionate squeeze. So they seem like a happy family. Yeah, at this moment right here, everybody seems pretty happy. And especially Michael is decidedly, you know, happy. I'm so sorry. The cat just uh, put a little bookmark right now. I need to put him up. Hold on a second. Okay. Never be sorry for a cat interruption. I love cats. (laughs) And be sure to hold it up so I can see it before you go. And she left. She didn't hold it up for me. (laughs) Okay. 
Hannah reminds them both about the Nielsen's anniversary party, and Michael gets a glazed look on his face. He decides to make coffee, but his hands are shaking so badly he can barely lift the scoop. Michael is not going to the party. Right. Jonas leaves to meet his friends and takes the yellow raincoat with him. Michael reacts with terror when he sees the yellow raincoat and drops the coffee container on the floor. He looks as if he's seen a ghost, and perhaps he has. Michael says he's fine and just had a moment of deja vu. Hannah steps towards Michael again and puts a hand on his back. She again tries to hug him from behind and asks if he will reconsider going to the party. And he just says he needs to finish his picture. He could finish that picture anytime. We we know why he's not going to the party. And she's grappling him. Like the way she's grabbing him from behind is um almost scary. It's weird. Did you think it was weird the way they looked when she was doing that? No. Okay. No, I did not. I thought it was nice to see that it kind of reminded me of that. This thing about Hannah, you know, she has these insecurities she's expressed. Men will always leave me. And so it's, you think about their marriage and how there was that thing we discussed about her going back when he sees, she sees him and he wasn't maybe present in their relationship. And I feel Hannah's loneliness here. You know, she's in, they're in this marriage but she's always the one that's having to like try to be affectionate with him and try to get mm-hmm. him to return the affection. And it's not for him, it's not anything against her, but he's just he's always kind of in his shell a little bit. And I just feel sure. like she's always the one that's trying to you know, even though her 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 passion is for Ulrich her role is always going to be to like feel rejected. So she's reaching out to him. <laughs> um, she's trying to be a, be a wife to him, but he's just in his head about something. I guess that's what it is. It shows in his body language that he's really um, resistant to like her. And that's why it seems like she's grappling. Cause it seems like he doesn't want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole him seeing the raincoat image was pretty striking. Yeah. That it's like, we know he loves his son, but he's just, this raincoat terrifies him. It's like, it's like a whole Pennywise situation here. Right. All of a sure. He's thinking about creepy clowns. <laughs> well, I mean, well, he tells us later, he has like a distinct memory mm-hmm. about, um, Jonas specifically in that specific raincoat. So maybe he just hadn't put that together and you know it's just supposed to show us the audience too that you know that he's reacting to it because i think hannah has sort of like one of those premonition reactions later on too that Mm -hmm. um she just realizes something that has been in front of her a long time and shows she reacts to it for us that's what michael's doing thanks michael Right. But at the time, we don't know he has this memory. So we're, we're just like, oh, he doesn't, you know, for how rainy it is, 
It's like, did the rain stop start with Michael's suicide? You know, it's like, yeah, it's you would think that Jonas never wears this raincoat, you know, because for him, it's it just gets his attention right away. Well, so. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. endless cycle, just like the name of this episode. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see some Marta stuff here. That's like an endless cycle, too, that we alluded to last episode and it kind of yeah. reared its head in this one. So we're getting there. Yeah, so Michael's hesitation about the party attending is understandable because, you know, does he remember that they are his parents? Um, This gets to a point you you asked last week about maybe how did Katerina used to think about Michael and did how much time he spent. And it was another instance where I'm awkwardly trying to, like, dodge the topic. Okay. (laughs) But, But, yeah, like, we can talk about it here now. Like, of course, he doesn't want to attend the party because he has these memories of very, these vague or buried memories of them being mm-hmm. his parents. That would feel really weird for him to be at a party where he's like now the same age as the people that raised him. Right. And we talk so much about Inez giving her, giving him those drugs too. So we don't know how much of like his, um, his youth was raised in a haze where he kind of can't mm-hmm. decipher like memory from dream, from reality, from anything. Yeah. Inez says the man dreamed he was, did, was he a man who dreamed he was a butterfly or was he a butterfly that dreamed he, he was a oh. man? So did, is my, does Michael, did he dream they were his parents or was that real? And he's, living in these dual realities and not sure which one is real. So, um, yeah, you have to wonder if he thinks, (laughs) thinks he dreamed it. Yeah. Okay. So then Jonas, Magnus, Marta and Bartosh ride bikes towards the lake. And Marta's riding in front of Jonas. She keeps turning around to smile at him. He smiles back. He looks happy and relaxed. It's a nice image. Yeah, nothing's gone wrong in his life so far. Like, everything's just chill. And Mm -hmm. he's got these three friends, and one of them's a a cool chick. (laughs) (laughs) And that's pretty much his biggest worries right now. Yeah, he's very quiet. You know, he's kind of like the quiet, awkward dude, but it's working for Marta, whatever it is he's doing. (laughs) And he seems, you know, like you said, he seems happy. And um, his exchange, his exchanges with his dad show that he's comfortable around, you know, his friends and his family at this point. Mm -hmm. So then the church bells ring and we see the sick Mundus church. The door opens. And this time, Noah doesn't come out. (laughs) This time, it's Jonas, the yellow rain jacket Jonas, the next guard Jonas, the one that we know. So this is the one that just walked through the God particle. And this is the Jonas that has seen some stuff, and he's the long-haired one. (laughs) And it was interesting that that he's not sick this time. And he's not, remember last time he slept for 24 hours and he was throwing up? And like, um, it seemed like it was the God particle that did that to him, but mm-hmm. maybe but not. This maybe is it like, was just- this is like, remember, this is the God particle that Adam 
and the experience people have oh. created. So it might be a gentler ride. <laughs> they were able to smooth out the bumps. That's a good call. Okay. Yeah. So then across town, Ulrich and Katerina wake up. Katerina turns down Ulrich's offer for sex because of her cycle and also other reasons. Just she's stressed about the party and basically she's yeah. just too busy to think about such things. Yeah, it's uh, bad timing. And yeah. Ulrich doesn't really care if she hasn't shaved her legs <laughs> in forever. Um, yeah. So he's he's into it. <laughs> he's ready to have some action in the morning. But the door to the bedroom opens and Ulrich makes a snappy remark about the kids should knock first. Mikkel is sick, though, and he has these red spots all over. Poor little guy. He looks so forlorn. Even if Katarina was game this morning, I mean, it wasn't going to happen anyway, Ulrich. So don't blame Katarina right now is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. And one of the speculations I had is that Michael and Mikkel are both, you know, they're existing in this time period. And right. so, you know, they say like twins can feel each other. And mm -hmm. I wondered if Michael, like, is the sickness connected to Michael? Like, does Michael, does Nickel feel Michael's pain and sadness across town? And it's, and it's festered in him as rubella, which is what Katarina says he has. <laughs> I know it's really interesting to think about. I wouldn't, I would not have made that connection at all um, if you hadn't brought that up. And so I think that's really interesting. It could be. Um, I'm kind of of a mind that uh, little Mickle here, again, like Jonas, he hasn't experienced anything yet. He's young, innocent Mickle here. Mm -hmm. um, I think not. I think from his end, there's nothing. And from Michael's end, he probably feels it. I don't know. I, I, I I think it's an interesting point. It's an interesting theory. I'm not sure I believe it, but I think it's uh, really neat to think about that, that they could affect each other. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'm convinced about it either. I just, it does strike me that they made a point this whole episode that mm -hmm. Mickle, you know, we when we saw Mickle in season one, he's like all happy doing his magic tricks. And here he has, he seems kind of bummed in general. So it's like, it's not the Mickle that we've known we knew was there before. So it was almost, so it was almost like the shadow that has crossed his door. <laughs> wow. Okay. But uh, she, Katarina though, a little harshly, I felt she kind of chides him for getting sick <laughs> on today of all days. I was like, it's not something you should say to your kid. No, it's not, but it's totally within her character, though. I thought it was great. It made me laugh, and I thought that she was, it showed that, you know, she, she of course, is going to stop whatever she's doing, no matter what, and take him to the doctor. That's what she does. But she's going to show her displeasure, and she's going to grunt about it, and she's going to make, you know, I don't know. I I, I thought it was good-natured, um, good-natured show of aggression there. I liked it. 
fair enough. <laughs> or maybe I'm just um, smitten by Katarina by now. I don't know. Like the last few episodes, she's really <laughs> caught my eye. <laughs> I mean, we know she has she has the grumpy girl within her, the bully. But um, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect. Oh man, okay. You don't think she smacks the kids around, do you? Well, I mean, no, I mean, but I think she has that. She could, it's like this thing that she's got inside of her that she tries to hold at bay. Um, But yeah. But I think she does a good job here, though, because it seems like she's, you know, in a loving way. (laughs) Loving way says, you creep. (laughs) How could you do this to me? So then Alexander reads the paper and looks at a story about an unsolved murder in Marburg that happened 33 years ago. The search for two fugitives is still on. Regina interrupts his reading and asks if he will come to the hotel today for lunch. And she can tell he's distracted and asks if all is well. This is interesting the way they're um, bringing this up now. And it's actually earlier in the time frame, but this is now coming up about um, mm-hmm. the possible tie-in with his mysterious entrance into town. And now these two fugitives are talking about. Um, I think that's, I just think that's a really neat way they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, happened I mean- previously, but now it's happening later for us. It does want, it does make you wonder why, I mean, it's just, it's just a storytelling device. They had to, they had to give Alexander something to do here, but it does, it does kind of be like, all right, was there new, were there new clues? Like, why was there, why was there a story in the paper about this? I guess they just want to, in some ways they're leading, leaving credence to the fact that Clausen would be, you know, his interest in, uh, Alexander would be raised, you know, this at this time. So it's a year, a year before. And well, if it's a storytelling device, they wouldn't just give Alexander something to do. They should (laughs) have did that to Elizabeth too. They should have gave Elizabeth something to do. Oh my. Anyway, I'm (laughs) all right. Well, okay. At the Doppler house, (laughs) Charlotte sits at home with her usual deadpan facial expression. Peter comes in and asks where the kids are. Charlotte says nothing. Peter tries... (laughs) What? See? She doesn't say anything. She doesn't tell us where Elizabeth is. She had to send send the kids away so she could grumble at Peter. Um, That's where she is. Peter tries to argue with her, but Charlotte still says nothing. And he accuses her of being dead inside. Charlotte tells him that she is going to the party alone. Peter went a little hard on that one, I think. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she was doing nothing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's well within her reason to go to the party by herself. Um, I don't know how they make those kind of decisions. Like when you're a couple that's estranged like that, like who's going to be the one to represent, um, but she 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 made the decision that she's going to do it, and mm-hmm. I, she doesn't really, you know. Well, we'll get to the party when we get to it. But it's not like she gets there and 
start socializing and partying right away. <laughs> yeah, Peter doesn't really strike me as like much of a party person, so I think he was probably okay with this decision. But I oh, felt yeah, like, he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I felt like um, this was a good bit of storytelling or world building as well because when we, by the time we see Peter, he's he's basically given up. Sure. Yes. And. And here he's hasn't given up yet because he's saying mean things. <laughs> so they're they're kind of showing a realistic, you know, transition to the stages, the stages of grief. Like here he's he's at the point where he's trying to argue, at least by the time we see him, he's well, I mean, we do know that he made a promise to her at some point, too, that he wouldn't go back um, to be to be with Bernadette, you know, so there's. But I thought it was a good, I mean, I don't like seeing them like this, but at the same time, I was like, they're realistically showing the stages of a failing marriage, I thought. Yeah. And I tease Charlotte for not saying anything, but that's typical. Like, we were just saying the last episode, that might be something you or I might do. Like, we're so <laughs> upset, we don't even know how to begin or <laughs> or how to frame it, you know? That's kind of how, how Charlotte was, I think, there. Yeah. So over at the lake, Bartosh talks about a lady who drowned in the lake, that the lady will drag you down when she's hungry. Marta has had enough of this nonsense and gets out of the water to sit with Jonas. And you kind of start to see why she's attracted to Jonas, because he seems more mature than those other boys, or at least... (laughs) At least if he is immature, he doesn't say much. So you can't really tell how immature he is. He seems like he's got, he's got it more together and he's, you could, you could talk to this guy. You could talk to Jonas. Whereas like maybe like those other guys, they'll talk at you and you'll be the butt of their joke or something like that. A bunch of splashy jerks. That I've never liked dudes that get all splashy and pull people underwater and dunk them. And I don't know. I got a big aversion to that. (laughs) Yeah. This seems to be the standard, um, the standard way that a lot of guys act at swimming pools though. And lakes is like, yeah, they like a girl. They're going to like, you know, take her underwear and play keep away with it. Or, you know, just (laughs) push her down the water and think that's a good time. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was I was definitely more of a Jonas. I would always just sit on my towel and like I never really got in the water too much. But there was never beautiful girls coming up and talk to me there like Martha. So <laughs> I always sat alone. They make chit chat about the party that night and the conversation is very low key, flirty and intimate. She admits that she wonders if her parents are happy together and asks about his parents. Jonas isn't sure if they're happy or not. He's kind of doing that thing where you play in the sand with your hands distractedly, and he finds mm-hmm. an this object that looks like a coin, and Marta tells him it's the St. Christopher pendant, the patron saint of travelers. And she apologizes for knowing that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah, I think she's trying... I was guessing that perhaps... You know, maybe their their family. I mean, we haven't really. Well, we do know that Ulrich is an atheist and trained his kids that. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it makes you kind of feel like 
it's one of those this is one of those oh. families where like oh we go to church and they know we know who all the saints are but then it doesn't make sense with what we know about Ulrich unless maybe that's why she apologized like you know I know I'm supposed to be an atheist like my family but I'm kind of interested in this mystical or maybe stuff. Ulrich's not but Katarina is into it sure yeah. yeah we don't know at this point but she right. knows her saints she can recognize them by sight <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty amazing yeah it's kind of neat that it's the paint the patron saint of travelers when of we have the travelers right you know like yeah. that's a pretty pretty spot on thing <laughs> there and maybe that's how they got their name <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean uh Jonas the 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 Jonas we know is a traveler right yeah he's done it like twice yeah. or thrice now so yeah he's a, he's an old hand at this he knows what he's doing so marta's marta's coin this coin will protect him so it's kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is the first time we see this coin and so he well we saw it. it last episode right 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 yeah. right but this is the first time I think that, like, linearly, that um, it's sh- it's showing its head. Hmm. I don't think we've seen. I don't think we saw it like in episode one or anything like that, did we? No, we didn't see this coin until season two. Okay, we first saw it when Jonas has it in the apocalypse and puts it over Marta's picture, and then he might take it to her tomb. Um, then we saw it last episode where older um, stranger Jonas put it on her pillow. And now we see mm-hmm. Jonas find it and gives it to basically gives it, you know, Marta has it now. So <clears throat> everything is important. That's why I'm asking. Even the milk is important. So everything <laughs> the milk is was important. good today. The milk was good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right, so then next car Jonas walks. I feel like stranger Jonas, next car Jonas. Okay. I like it. The OG Jonas, next car Jonas walks <laughs> towards the power plant. He has his own plans today. Ulrich, Katarina, and Mikkel honk their horn as they drive by. I guess they're taking, they're all, the whole family's going to take Mikkel to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> they ask why he's not at the lake with the others. He zips up his rain jacket to keep his neck scar from showing and in the back seat mickle reaches out his hand for an ultimate fist bump i know he and he and jonas are they've been boys since then since then that's so cute (laughs) i know i know um jonas just has no idea what to do though because he's like uh that so like michael had a shock moment with the yellow raincoat and now mm-hmm. Jonas is like, oh my gosh, ultimate fist bump. Okay. <laughs> Katarina mentioned that he shouldn't touch Mikkel because he has the plague. No uh, fist bump. <laughs> they offer to give him a ride, but Jonas declines and they all tease him about Marta's feelings for him before driving off. Kind of. Ulrich is kind of creepy about it. Like me creepy? and Heather both... We thought, me and Heather both thought that Ulrich was being really weird to Jonas here, especially considering that Martha's his daughter. And like, I don't know. I just thought he was being very strange about it. Mikkel was being appropriate, you know, like just kind of like, oh, she's got a crush on you. That's appropriate. Mm-hmm. But I think Ulrich, I don't know. He was being, what did he do? I thought, 
just the way he was uh he was like hey there romeo we know you're not <laughs> we know who's looking forward to seeing you when it's not magnus mm-hmm. <laughs> like he makes like three allusions to him being a dream yeah he's like buy a dream boat or something like that when he leaves like oh, I, don't know. I think it's just i, I, I think it's just to creepy. show there's there's like warmth between the family and Everybody yeah. knows these two like each other, even though they haven't admitted it yet to each other. <clears throat> even Mickle knows, yeah. <laughs> and so at the lake, Magnus pees behind a tree. <laughs> it's a great paragraph Woo. opener. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> he, he gets worried when he sees a body floating face down in the water. He runs toward the body, and it's Franziska. I guess maybe he was thinking about the woman at the bottom of the mm-hmm. lake. Um, well, it was alarming. I agree. It didn't look good. It looked like a dead body floating by. Yeah. So he's he is correct. And Francisca was just floating topless in the water. Now, I know this is like Euro- European, so they're much more, they're much less, yeah. you know, embarrassed about this kind of stuff. So <clears throat> anyway, she's just floating topless in the water, though. Magnus is very shaken by the encounter, but Francisca smiles, and mm-hmm. maybe this is the birth of their attraction to each other as well. Yeah, she was totally cool about the whole encounter. And when I say cool, I don't mean like, like you know, like, hey, cool chick. <laughs> I mean, like, kind of like a, a chill, like a, what would you, how would you describe that? Like, I don't know, she smiled at the end, and if she didn't smile at the end, I would think that, she was completely numb the whole time because she didn't give Magnus like any flirting, any smile. She was very nonchalant, I guess is what I'm trying to say. In a yeah, very cool she was, temperature kind of way. She was chill. She was just like, you're acting, you know, you thought I was dead. Okay. And started running towards me this way. And, <laughs> um, and I'm like naked in front of you. Like didn't really seem to shake her much. It shook him though. He he kept cool about the whole thing, but obviously yeah. it started a crush here. <laughs> He's like, uh, gotta go. <laughs> Strand him. Um yeah, this isn't it's like He's he's another person doesn't seem shaken by much, so that it says a lot that he was shaken by Francisca. Oh, you're right about that. Cause like this whole episode, he's like pretty boisterous. He's like the boisterous <laughs> kid brother here. Yeah. Except for now. So Marta is reading the play Ariadne, practicing for her performance. She catches Jonas watching her, and she asks if he ever wishes he knew what happened next. If not, way in the future, at least in the exact next five minutes. She sometimes gets the feeling that something will happen. Magnus interrupts an almost kiss by running between them. (laughs) This is what I'm talking about, a dork. (laughs) <laughs> the two separate and the tension is broken. Jonas startles because he remembers he's supposed to help his grandmother learn how to use a tablet. <laughs> Don't accept any hot chocolate while you're there, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've never had the hot chocolate because <laughs> you won't be waking up for a while. <clears throat> Yeah, Magnus has uh, grown up a lot uh, since this <laughs> this day because he's 
yeah, he's totally dorking it up and ruining things for his sister. <laughs> um, I mean, things worked out the way they worked out. So it's all good, Magnus, but still, mm-hmm. that's a you know pretty crappy move. And I think it's neat that she's talking like these um, absolute truths about um, time and like what's possible with time uh, if you know how to manipulate it. And she's just kind of being fanciful and just talking off the cuff here. But it's neat, like how much it <laughs> ties in exactly with what's happening. Yeah, well, this I mean, it shows they sort of again, why they like each other, because mm-hmm. Jonas is kind of the deep thinker, or at least, like I said, <laughs> what is it they say? There's this saying that's like better to say nothing than to say something and prove you are a fool or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Jonas isn't horsing around. He's just contemplating life on the beach. And Marta's contemplating something too. Maybe she's mm-hmm. like asking these philosophical questions about if he ever wants to know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an an interesting conversation here they're having. Yeah. Okay, so Jonas, the innocent, <laughs> the innocent uh, Jonas has left to go help Grandma. Um, he should also learn. He should also help Claudia next time she needs help at the library. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what he, she needs. Maybe he doesn't know she needs help. Yeah, you know, he's got to ask for help. <laughs> So against all sound time travel rules, next car Jonas steps out of the shadows to approach Marta because he's been watching them in the bushes. I didn't say that before. He's been sort of watching them. Yeah. So he approaches Marta after idealistic Jonas leaves. He says he thought he had more time. She remarks that he seems different somehow. And he tells Marta, I think we're a perfect match. Never believe anything else. So it's the line that we've heard over and over again. Mm -hmm. This Jonas, the next Scar Jonas, the last time he saw Marta, he told her, we're not a match. We're a bad match. And so he's trying to make this, he's trying to make that up to her by reassuring her that, no, I was, I lied. We are a match. Only he's now saying it earlier than that other time when you can't make up for something that you did later, uh, but Jonas is trying. And so it's it's one of those bootstrap paradoxes here. This is a chicken mm-hmm. or egg situation. Mm-hmm. How do we track the genesis of this phrase? Who was the first person to actually to actually say it? You know, if we're to believe, if we're to believe uh, you know, the Jonas here says it in 2019. But then we know that this Jonas heard it in his dream. And who did, you know, Mm -hmm. where did that come from, though? It seems like this Jonas that's running around with the next scar is the one that's inadvertently actually making things happen. So I'm of belief that that this is the first time that it's said. But it's only because he was able to go back in time to say it. But... Mm-hmm. That's an asterisk. This is the first time I believe it's said. Mm-hmm. I also think it's neat how, like, when he came in as Nexgar Jonas, he came back after like a couple of seconds or whatever. <laughs> and the thing he says was, like, he thought he had more time, 
what he said actually kind of made sense in context of like their conversation they were having before. So it like seemed kind of off the wall, but at the same time, it's kind of like, Oh, he's just, you know, doing more of that deep talk like we were doing before. <laughs> so it almost kind of plays in. Mm-hmm. Well, the th- yeah, but he did le- He was just like, I got to go help my grandma. And then he comes back. I thought I had more time, you know, like it, it was, it's still a little bit of an odd, uh, beginning but um it's odd in a cool way <laughs> like Martin was probably like you know kind of like oh that's interesting i like this <laughs> so this jonas and marta kiss so it's not the it's not the like innocent jonas that kisses her it's the um it's like the veteran <laughs> the veteran jonas right mm-hmm and this and, may, you know, th- this is the beginning of, in the first episode of the show, we know that, you know, Marta alludes, when they meet, they're like, can we talk about, she's trying to say, like, can we talk about what happened between us? Mm-hmm, and he's just right. like, what, I'm fine, you know, no. Like, that, you- <laughs> that Jonas didn't really know mm-hmm. what happened. Like he knew mm-hmm. about he knew about their conversation at the lake, but he didn't know about the kissing because that isn't this Jonas. That isn't that That's Jonas. That's not this Jonas. But but that that Jonas has his first kiss with her later though, and they actually do more than kiss. And that's the, you know, the idealistic That's true, Jonas. that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah, okay. You're right, but... But this but this guy is the one who's getting it jump-started. He's like getting... He's the impetus. Yeah. It's because of this Jonas mm-hmm. that Marta is able to take a step because it's like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, I don't want to say I like him if I don't know if he likes me because of this Jonas. Right. Marta's like, I'm into this now and... You know, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to take the next step. This person took the took a first step with me, so I'm now brave enough to take my next mm-hmm. step. That's right. All green lights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a scene, a very poignant scene, where Ulrich and Katarina stop by Hannah's to pick up some glasses for the party. Michael looks out the window as they pull up. Hannah wishes them a happy anniversary, them meaning Ulrich and Katerina. Mm-hmm. Mikkel is with them since he's sick, and he goes inside the house to use the bathroom. Michael sees him get out of the car and begins to have a panic attack. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he comes inside the house and like goes that Mikkel goes into the house and he's kind of walking around like I've been here before or you know he's just having this weird reaction to the house all of a sudden and goes into the bathroom yeah did you want to say something (laughs) did you want to comment before I move forward (laughs) yeah yeah I had a couple things to comment about first off the way he like looks around the house as if he's been there before Mm-hmm. Which I guess is like the falls in with our endless cycle theme. Like I was saying before, this is young, innocent Mickle who doesn't know anything at this point. However, this is also the same house that he grew up in. <laughs> um, so it's um, 
you know, or that he's going to grow up in soon, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, one eventually. Right. So that, I don't know. That's, that I kind of took his like looking around as if like, where's the bathroom? I'm sick. I'm slow. But upon further in, in, introspection, it's like, it's neat where he's at. And the other, other thing was just something, an offhand remark about how Ulrich says that Mikkel can just go pee on a tree and <laughs> the women are a little smarter and they're like, go in the house and use the bathroom, Mikkel. It's fine. But the, that, that Nielsen family likes to pee outside apparently. <laughs> well, um, you mentioned Hannah before, and I guess this is before I move forward, I'll also say this is where Hannah seems to have a strange reaction to Mikkel. Where she yes. looks at Mikkel and all of a sudden mm-hmm. kind of tilts her head and is like, you know, like she's seeing him for the first time almost. I think so. Like, what did I write down? That um, she re- she's finally recognizing him because it's not like she spends a lot of time with this kid. You know, they they're not like I don't think I don't think maybe they do spend time. I'm just thinking like perhaps like she hasn't seen Mickle at this stage of his life where he's chosen to wear his hair like this and he's gotten this height. And now he looks like the kid that she met, you know, when she was in high school, maybe the last time she saw Mikkel, he had short hair and there was no recognition there. And now he's starting to finally become, you know, more but I don't think she really, like, I don't really think she really recognized him. So like, Oh, it's the kid. Like it's the no, kid that I married, you know, but, but it sparked a trigger though. Yeah. It, like you said before with, um, Egon and, and Ulrich, it's just, it's out of context. So he's not fully putting the pieces together, but it's a deja vu moment. Right. You know, where he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This seems familiar somehow. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's all really creepy and uncomfortable. You're like, something's not quite right. And of course, we know what that something is. And, but, you know, nobody's going, they're not going to put the pieces together. I know you can tell that um, Hannah and Ulrich are vibing. They're giving each other eyes a little bit here. And it's, um, I was almost thinking like, oh, have they already like hooked up at this point? But I think at this point, they're just kind of like, you know, scoping each other out. I mean, I think they're just, they're just like super friendly. Um, he's just always thought of her as his kid's sister. Um, you know, her, so I don't think he's necessarily like, oh, I really like this. I mean, like it her like there that was a way. Moment. It but seemed he like there was, was a moment. Yeah, I mean, he, we know that, Katarina turned him down for sex and like, you know, maybe that happens a lot because they're busy with the kids and, and, you know, Hannah's always been attracted to him. So they have, they have a good rapport. Um, so. Okay. All right. But yeah, Michael comes downstairs and seems to hesitate outside the bathroom. He's seems to be trying to decide something. Mm-hmm. And he puts his ear against the door as if trying to listen. <laughs> weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Mikkel comes out and hides behind the door. And, oh, sorry. As Mikkel comes out, Michael is then hiding behind the door. 
Right. And Mickle's looking around like he's actually looking for someone and he notices Michael and the two of them react to each other in a very odd way. They both kind of like back up from each other and <laughs> yeah. Maybe at Mickle it's just face value. He sees this strange man. But I think I think Michael um when he saw them pull up and he saw Mickle get out and come in and he starts having a panic attack. I think he starts remembering. Mm-hmm. And that's why he goes downstairs. He's like drawn to go downstairs for some reason unknown to him. The reason is, is he has to see himself so he can have that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It seems like he doesn't even want to do that. He's like scared to do it, mm-hmm. but he's, he's being pushed to do it anyway by time, by God, by time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So the rest of the lake crew decide to go home. After Magnus rides off, Bartosh apologizes to Marta that he can't come to the party, and he tells her that her hair looks good. <laughs> and I put Bartosh has got no game here. He's trying. This is like the start of hang hang dog Bartosh, right? I mean, he won my heart. I mean, that that kind of flirting really wins for me. <laughs> Awkward, like, stumbly flirting is great. I love it. <laughs> I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. <laughs> Jonas- oh, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, this is, I guess this is important because he's trying to hit on her and she's got her head up in Jonas right now. <laughs> so she's not even, like, registering it. She's just kind of like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, won't see you there. And, you know, I think she likes Bartosh just on a surface level here. Bartosh has just got, like, he doesn't exactly have a concept of what, uh, what um, you know, we know, like, he was horsing around and, like you said, the, the strategies that don't work, you know, pushing women down under the water. So he really likes Marta, but just the way that, like, you, yes, he's definitely... Marta is into Jonas, so she's just not seeing him as anything other other than a friend. Yep. Maybe Magnus's friend, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Then now we're at the Nielsen's party. Hannah is carrying a pan of tiramisu. Love I mean, it. she's always um, bringing dishes over to the Nielsen yeah. house, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> This time it's more uh, well-received. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like everyone in town is there, just like you said, Steve, including Mm -hmm. people we have never met before. (laughs) They're all high school friends, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Hannah is wearing a red dress. Marta comes downstairs wearing a white dress. Mm -hmm. And I think this might be the only time we have seen her in white, besides during the play, or anybody really um in white it's just not a color that is really used on the show and Jonas is also wearing a white shirt Mm -hmm. interesting to point out you're exactly right it's not a color we see ever on anyone Mm -hmm. so yeah that's it's interesting that um yeah I'll have more comments about the white but later but it is interesting that um I'm thinking about the play and how the play is such an al- analogy for the oh. show. Um, uh-huh. 
she ends up at one point she ends up like t- you know removing her one costume and underneath is the white so this is like i don't know the pure martha the, the pure martha <laughs> um i don't know so. I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of tiramisu. I gotta say first off, it's a, a great dessert, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. If it's around, it's not around very often. Um, we're listening to Nina again, so the second Nina song in this episode, and then Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> I mean, you talk about like first loves or like um, I don't know, juvenile like pre adolescent or pre puberty crushes. That's what I had on Belinda Carlisle and the Go-Go's. So I have a big soft spot. They played Heaven is a Place on Earth here. And it got Katerina all excited. She wants to dance and party. She's like having a ball. She's like forcing everyone to have a ball here. (laughs) But uh, she's genuinely like, you know, stoked. She was so, well, I mean, I resonate. Okay, this is where I resonate with Katerina because when I'm, doing this too like she's was all stressed about this party and getting everything ready and now it's here and she gets just gonna drink and dance and like yeah. <laughs> enjoy the moment with her friends yep i like it a lot so katarina greets hannah warmly and she's ready to dance and let her hair down to belinda mm-hmm. carlisle specifically yana and trant are talking to magnus expressing their pro- their pride and we wonder what they're proud of since magnus never goes to class (laughs) um (laughs) yeah what would they be proud of i guess here i i I didn't even i didn't even think to ponder that um i'll I'll ponder while you talk (laughs) i think they're just they love their grandson and we all love magnus they're talking about they're going to get him a car i think is what the topic is basically but i thought that was i thought it was hilarious that they were just like maybe he's graduating or something maybe he's a year older than uh than her and he's graduating or something or maybe he's got his license he's definitely not graduating (laughs) okay um yeah you're right you're right also notice that Magnus is wearing the shirt that Francisca wore at the beginning of this season two. Um, do you remember when they're sitting by the lake and she gets the text and goes off to see that, you know, collect the money. She's wearing this button down mm-hmm. shirt. And um, I was like, oh, that's Magnus's shirt. And it just strikes me that a lot of times we see Francisca wearing Magnus's clothes. Once they start being a couple, you know, she she steals his red hoodie. Um, she takes this shirt. I think mm-hmm. there's other clothes too, but she's definitely wearing his clothes all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. I like it. Um, Katerina also greets Charlotte and asks her to dance. <laughs> Charlotte declines, of course. That would be it. Would be very odd if we saw Charlotte <laughs> dancing. I think. Um, I can't picture it. I can't. <laughs> Hannah notices that Peter isn't with her, and Charlotte also remarks that Michael's absent. <laughs> e too, Brute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more proof that they should be hanging out, you know? They definitely should be hanging. Yeah. Ulrich opens a bottle of champagne, and both he and Katerina drink straight from the bottle. This is Germany. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ulrich and Hannah share a moment. Okay, now they're starting to kind of, now I will say they are starting to vibe here. Um, But Ulrich is dancing with Katarina, but he looks at Hannah. We catch Hannah glowering at the two of them. Mm -hmm. Hannah's kind of giving herself away here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) The thousand-yard stare, I think is what you call that. (laughs) Visible to anybody who wants to pay attention. (laughs) So then Jonas, next car Jonas, walks towards his house. The stormy Mm. weather is, there's gusts of wind and as he walks toward the house and walks inside, he has tears in his eyes at the side of his house where he, he hasn't been since he burned the letter. Okay. So this is a worn a war torn Jonas who has seen some shit when I wrote here. And this yeah, is his re- home, you know? Yeah, he was you're I didn't even think about that fact that he was just living in that burn up house for six months at least. It has been, it's been about six months, right? In Jonas time. That he was like when he he was in the this house, but it was in the apocalypse, post-apocalypse mm-hmm. world. His dad comes out to greet him, surprised that anyone has shown up. He expected everybody to be at the party, of course. Jonas's face gives away a world of emotion. He comes forward to embrace his dad. Michael is surprised at this greeting, but hugs him back. And Jonas tells his dad that he knows everything. Jonas goes to give him an ultimate fist bump <laughs> and throws Michael into a tailspin. He calls him by his name, Mikkel Nielsen, a name that Michael hasn't heard in 33 years. And heartbreakingly, he asks his dad for forgiveness. Yeah, I don't even know how to begin talking about this, Lindsay. This is some some great stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a I, I love the way Michael is reacting to Jonas here. Like he has no idea what's up at this point, but he's being so supportive um, and wonderful to Jonas. And I think that's um, a great way for them to start this um, very interesting interaction. You remember when we were talking about the. Um... The reveal, when you reveal yourself to somebody and you're trying to get to convince them that you are who you say you are and people tend, like, they tend to use words a lot. They'll be like, um, remember that time, like, I mean, Stranger Jonas did this too, remember that time when I dropped that glass on the floor and right. I have the scar on my foot to prove it and they have to, you know, I feel like this is, like, so much more effective with Jonas just reaching out ultimate fist bump. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, was everybody crying at this point? I mean, it's like, (laughs) yeah, I was going to say like, if you didn't start crying at the first hug, then the second hug, if you didn't start crying, then, then, you know, start looking at yourself a little bit more. Cause Mm -hmm. yeah, this was, was a very, you know, a very emotional scene. Uh, maybe so, maybe more so for like Heather, who like recently lost her father. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that touched her more so than it did me. Um, yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah, and him just the simplicity of saying, "I know everything. I know that mm-hmm. you're Mickle Nielsen," and just calling him by his name, and 
having Michael just be like, I can't, you know, you know, he was speechless too. He just hasn't, doesn't know what to say to Jonas at that moment. Like, right. but you can see it on his face. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so across town at the Nielsen's party, Ulrich is regaling everyone with a slideshow of pictures of Katerina <laughs> when she was younger. And Hannah's in some of the pictures too. Michael comes downstairs looking for some comfort from his mother. And unfortunately, the music playing is Rick Astley. <laughs> why Why did you say unfortunately? <laughs> it's a banger. Come on. I just don't want to be Rick rolled on, on one of my favorite shows, Steve. Some people enjoy being Rick rolled. It's, it's like a badge of honor. It's a, it's a sense of joy. <laughs> So Katerina does agree to carry Mikkel back to bed and stay for a bit until he falls asleep. Again, in that joking around annoyed way that Katerina does. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that's the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's there. It's this is um, there's a character in wheel of time named Matt who always, acts grumpy and always <clears throat> says, I'm not going to do nothing. And I hate you guys. I ain't doing crap. <laughs> but then he's always the first guy who is helping everybody. And he's always, you know, his actions belie his words. So, you know, she's annoyed, but there she is laying with her boy. She, okay. So she did, but yes, I want to, I, I just feel like I'm thinking about my parents. Okay. Um, and we didn't have that many parties, but if I was sick, there wouldn't have been a party. You know, the party would have been canceled. Hmm. Okay. Sure. All right. You know, because your child is sick and a good, <laughs> I'm sorry, but a good parent, you know, you don't have a huge party when your kid is not feeling well. Um, so I just, that, that's what I look now, of course we can't cancel this party because this is dark and we need this party to take place on this day so we can have this amazing episode. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, um, that's where our difference is. I grew up in a house where like, if, if a party is being planned and you, you got caterers and everybody's already coming, then you can't cancel that party because everybody's, ex everybody's expected. So you don't mm -hmm. want to disappoint the neighbors. So, you know, we just had a different uh, yeah. type of <laughs> when you're family vibe. When you're sick, that means you get to sit on the couch and watch TV. And there was one TV in the house. So there's, <laughs> if we don't, it's not the situation you have now where every room has a TV, including the bathroom, you know, like That's true. That's um, true. you get to sit on the couch and have people wait on you and bring you popsicles and tender loving care. That is what being sick meant <laughs> in my house when I was this age. Okay. <laughs> Did you play sick a lot? I would have played sick all the time if I were you then. <laughs> no, no, no. I I didn't. I didn't. I did a few times when I was in middle school because I because I after I saw ET, it was like, oh, you put the thermometer under the lamp. Okay. <laughs> Movies um, and TV teaching us so much. Yeah. All right. So back at the Conwald house, Jonas asked his father not to kill himself he believes that he's here to stop that from happening then he realizes 
his father has no plans to do such a thing. Yeah, we're shocked by that too. Yes. Yeah, we're all we are all shocked because um you know, that's there's like that's all always what you want to know is why did you kill yourself? And it's like uh Michael's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like perfect timing too because he's just gone through a whole bunch of stuff. He's like the Nielsen's dealing with them. He just saw his former self. Mm-hmm. Everybody's out of the house for the evening. So it seems like he, he has been planning to kill himself, but yeah, he shows us here. He's like, what? No, that's not my plans tonight. I yeah. was going to paint. Yeah. I kind of feel like in a way the show Rick rolled us because, yeah. um, because even earlier he said, I must finish my picture. So you're kind of thinking, mm-hmm. He's got to finish this picture before he kills himself, right? Right. So they were exactly. doing things to make you think, to lead you to that conclusion. And here it's like, <laughs> no. Uh, Jonas wants to know if he's written his letter, and he he actually takes the letter out from his pocket. Michael asks uh, Jonas begs him not to do it. So, like, if you yeah, it's kind of like if you don't want your dad to kill yourself, why would you give him a suicide letter? <laughs> oh, that's why I killed myself. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, it's like he gives Jonas gives him the letter here. Yeah, it's like a weird like loop of causation is what's going on. Like, I guess we talk about it more later, right? How about how that is, or can mm-hmm. I talk about it now? I'm going to talk about it now, right? <laughs> Oh, let's I mean, talk about how, it a bit later. We're we're getting a little bit seen a little bit later. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, oh, for now. Oh, well, uh, go ahead. <laughs> if we were if we were to talk about that, the causation loop, then I would recommend a good book that also deals with that. And I'll do that now, so I won't do it later. It's a book called Rant by Chuck Palahniuk. He's the same guy who um, who wrote the original book Fight Club, mm-hmm. and Rant is deals with time travel, deals with going back in time, and interacting with your father and your grandfather, and you know making the past and making the future happen. And it's not nothing like dark at all, but it reminded me a lot, especially these scenes with Jonas talking to Michael. So there's my book recommendation. I used to recommend books every week on Sweet Child of Time, and I haven't done it for months and months. So there's mm-hmm. our book corner. Okay. At the Nielsen house, Marta leads Jonas into a room. She gives him the St. Christopher's pendant that they found on the beach, and she put it on a red cord for him. The That's red so nice. thread of fate. Yes. Yep. <laughs> She gives him that saint, patron saint of travelers. In this bizarre scene of classic misdirection, Jonas and Marta are having two separate conversations um, because Marta's like, I was thinking about what you said before. And Jonas is like, about my grandmother and the tablet? <laughs> Which she thinks is really cute. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> she thinks he's being, yeah, being like yeah. Uh, clever. <laughs> um, because Jonas has no idea that his other self kissed Marta. Mm-hmm. So he just remembers the low-key flirty conversation they had instead of the passionate Jonas conversation about having more time and being a perfect match. Mm-hmm. 
This Jonas before her has never kissed Marta or spoke those words. So Marta is in love with the more daring and bold Jonas that she met on the beach. Oh, okay. She takes charge and kisses him. She's going to make sure it happens again. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a first kiss all over again. Like she has two first kisses with Jonas. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back. Were you you done with that paragraph? I'm done with that section unless you have other thoughts. Yeah. The the red string that she chooses to put on the St. Christopher Traveler thing is really Mm -hmm. a neat tie-in to how the older Jonas uses that same red string to like guide him to the path that ultimately leads here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and goes back to the whole Ariadne thing, right? Cause they use the, um, the Minotaur's maze. They use the red thread to find the correct path out of the maze. And so it's like, follow the signal, follow the path. Mm -hmm before you so marta is helping Jonas carve out his path (laughs) she's giving him the first red string to follow here (laughs) yep okay so at the conwald house Jonas asks how michael found the passage michael says that he was led there by someone and that someone was Jonas. Michael shares that when they were all at the caves, there was a weird noise. The sick Mundus tunnel door was opening. I put in parentheses. The lights all flickered and everyone ran. Mikkel was with Jonas and then they got separated. But when he turned around again, Jonas was back leading him a different way. Jonas led him to the cave and the tunnel and Michael believed him because he trusted Jonas. They spent the night inside the cave, but in the morning Jonas was gone. Yeah, that's, you could tell he was bummed about that too, Mickle. Like, you were gone. Um, <laughs> that's neat the way they they flash back to like the original night and we get to see it all again, like through different eyes. And then we see the new Jonas <laughs> lurking behind a tree. New Jonas. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 what did you call him? The Nexgar Jonas. Nexgar Jonas, like hiding behind a tree too, just like his buddy Noah. Um, hiding and watching and then, you know, guiding things to happen, except he doesn't know, he doesn't have any memory of that is what Mm -hmm. he tells Michael here. So obviously that's something I guess he'll do later. Maybe I guess so. It must be part of his future. Yeah. So Jonas has to come to the reality that he's the problem. You know, he, he like, he betrayed his own father. And for him, this is blowing his mind. He keeps saying, this isn't possible. I never did that. I never led you back to the cave. And Michael also shares how he saw his younger self that day. And he contemplates that maybe Jonas is there to show him what to do, not to stop him. Mm-hmm. And so Jonas has to understand that he played a part in betraying Mikkel. So maybe here's where you can talk about yeah, what you okay. wanted to say before. Well, first, that's a real neat turnaround that Michael did there that nobody expected <laughs> that turn of conversation either, especially Jonas. But yeah, the causation loop, I think that's just really neat how the, um, you know, 
he came back to try to change the past, but in reality, it's like because he came back is why the past happened. And so he's there like making things happen for him, laying the breadcrumbs out from the future. And you've mentioned before that it's kind of like against time travel rules, how they're doing so. But for me, this makes perfect sense. This is kind of how I always envision time travel, like an older version of myself coming back and talking to like the present me. Um, what time travel rules were you referring to there? Me? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't you- refer. I didn't refer to any rule. Oh, you're saying against all um, good time travel rules mm-hmm. that we're breaking them, right? Um, like you're not in most when most time travel shows, they're always like, "Don't talk to yourself," you know, like don't. Um, oh, those type don't, of rules. Okay. Yeah, don't talk to yourself and don't interfere. Right. Okay. And here, like Jonas, did, <laughs> Jonas did that. Michael did. Michael also did that. Like. Everybody you know, a does. smart a smart time travel person would not go <laughs> go confront their younger self coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> you would be like hiding until they left. So that's those those are the kinds of rules I was talking about. Okay, well, you make perfect sense right there. Then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this would be really hard for Jonas to just be like, um. You betrayed you betrayed uh, Mickle. Like he's been like, I'm trying to save Mickle, um, but nope. <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't do it yet, but you're going you're going to do it. Michael kind of picks up the order of things pretty quickly too. Like he kind of picks up what would happen if he does and does not, you know, mm-hmm. do what Jonas say he's going to do a lot quicker than than um <laughs> than I probably would have. I mean. You know, mm-hmm. I know it's TV, but I, I still have to admire the character and the writing. This is the kid that can solve a Rubik's Cube in like 30 seconds. So. Right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> he sees all he sees all of the possibilities and can line <laughs> them up. So like Stranger Jonas, Michael realizes that without the events of that night, his son who he loves will not be born. And he speculates that he is just a small part of a much larger cancer. Mm. Mickle says, God doesn't err. He has a plan. And then in walks old Claudia. Okay, before we talk about Claudia, let's talk about this paragraph. Um, Obviously, the cancer, we've talked about festering wounds and the sickness And Vern Doppler just hanging out with the sling on his arm for, like, no reason. Everybody's body is in decay. Right, right. But I thought it was also interesting, too, that Mickle slash Michael says, God doesn't air, he has a plan. When we met Mickle, um, when he first comes to the 1980s, he talks to Noah and you know, his dad was had told him he was an atheist mm-hmm. and that, you know, there is no God. And then little Mickle talks to Noah about, like, how it's good to question people who question things. Mm-hmm. And he really took those lessons to heart. And he was raised by Inez, who does believe that God has a plan. Right. As, you know, she talked to Jonas and said, who am I to interfere in God's plans? So we're seeing this 
the worldview of Michael has really, really changed. And so now he's on the side of like, there's a plan and God doesn't make mistakes. And so I just think that's an interesting thing to, <laughs> you know, it's one sentence, but yet, wow, when you look at this journey of this person's life, that is not where they, that's not where they started. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought that, um, that him saying that was interesting and a little odd, but I, I didn't, I didn't give it that further push that you just did. So yeah, I, I think, I think that is really neat. That does show his journey. Mm-hmm. So even though no, even though Noah's full, full of crap, he <laughs> certainly made an impression on, on little Mickle, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Um, but I, I do think it's still, Despite all that, I know I sound like I'm being cynical. I mean, I, you know, I believe in God and I believe in God having a Mm -hmm. plan. So I do think it's beautiful that for Michael, him making this realization and he knows I love my son and I want him to be born. So this obviously needs to happen. Like he's ready to accept, he's ready to accept whatever needs to happen to save his son. And I think there's something beautiful about that, even though it might be kind of twisted. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate sacrifice they say. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it does, it does tie in with, um, with religion and Christianity too, that he's, you know, sacrificing himself for, you know, his son. Yeah. And as I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I'm still thinking about this because, um, also, there was the scene where when he goes to the when Mickle goes to the caves and he sees Noah and he's <laughs> chewing on that apple mm-hmm. and he says, um, you know, I don't what if God make makes a mistake? He like asks Noah that there. Sure. And um and Noah talks about like, oh, you don't know where you are. You know, sometimes it feels like you're in the wrong place. And so um, yeah, it's just, so he's had, he's had some time to think, to think about a lot of things in his life. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this is our scene. This is our episode with Michael. I mean, and he's making such a great impression as a character. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Like I, I, I was saying many times how I couldn't wait to see Michael and I had vague memories of this episode, but I don't remember Michael as being as like happy and joyful and um, as quick to come around to the plan as he was too. I mean, he was great. Um, I know we get a third character joining us here, Claudia. (laughs) And I'll, I'll let you go on because I kind of have a couple questions about her. (laughs) Yeah, me too. All right. So as you said, in walks old Claudia. Like maybe that wasn't exactly what anybody thought was going to happen here. No. <laughs> I definitely was not expected. She tells him they've met before. Like she's been looking forward to the day they'll meet that they've met before. Jonas asks if she's with Adam. So next car Jonas here doesn't know who Claudia is, even though we've already seen that they do um, – Maybe I'm getting held to myself. Okay. Um, no, he's, listen- he's listened to her tapes. He's listened to her tapes. Okay. But she obviously knows who he is. And she's a, she's like, I've been looking forward to when we'll see each other again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Jonas does not have any knowledge of that. 
he doesn't even realize this is the Claudia that was on the tapes. Right. At this right. point. Um, she talks about Adam being the darkness and that she doesn't follow him. She follows the light. And that is what Noah says as well, which is mm-hmm. obviously interesting. She tells <laughs> she tells Jonas that Adam lied. He sent Jonas there to make the very thing he wants to stop happen. She tells him that only he can stop it by waging war on himself. There are times in life when you must see that the decisions you make affect more than your own destiny, that they all must make sacrifices. And yeah, I was. One of the things that's interesting here is that Michael does almost seems to not see Claudia at all. Like he does, Michael doesn't talk to Claudia at all. That's correct. I wouldn't have noticed that, I don't think, if if uh, you hadn't pointed that out to me. And after a second and a third watch, yeah, you're right. He's he's focusing on Jonas, and every time he looks at Claudia, he's only looking at Claudia because he's looking at where Jonas is looking. So it does kind of seem like he might not see her, but I don't know. I'm kind of an opinion that, that she is there, that she is actually mm-hmm. there, and you know they can both see her and hear her. I think it's interesting that she shows up and I'm thinking like, I mean, I know everything is happening as it's supposed to happen, but you know, what if Jonas hadn't time traveled <laughs> like right now, would Claudia have like shown up and talked Michael into hanging himself somehow? Or is maybe she there to like offer a third perspective? Um, to kind of because you know it's pretty much at her insistence that pushes Jonas over the edge and enables mm-hmm. him to walk out. Yeah, I don't she's know. almost just, like I was like, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make another religious metaphor here. Okay, it's almost like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit here. Like Claudia's almost like the Holy Spirit role, you know, the guide that comes in <sighs> and shows you the right thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. who may not even be, and it seems like the person's not even in the room. Right. Um, that would make perfect sense with what you're saying. I just came up with that just now. So don't think I've thought this out, but no, I was like, but it really oh. works. It like- <laughs> Especially with the fact that Michael, we don't, we can't tell if Michael can see her or not. That makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I do think, you know, I do think it's not like she's invisible, but it it is just interesting that he's not really interacting with her at all. Like he doesn't speak to her or say, "Never." Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing in my house? <laughs> like a normal person would. Yep. Um. One of the things I didn't put in the recap is she mentions she's seen the world without him. Um, because Jonas is like, "Well, if right, I if right. I don't exist, then Adam won't exist. So isn't the answer?" for my father to live and me to die. So, you know, this, this is obviously the answer is that for me to stop existing. And Claudia says, I have seen the world without you. So she's seen multiple universes then somehow. I mean, I'd like to see what Claudia sees. (laughs) (laughs) Show us what you see, Claudia. Yeah, I heard her say that, but I didn't really, um, didn't, 
again, didn't delve into that thought too much until you just brought it up. So that, that is a neat one. Okay, at the Nielsen house, the storm continues to brew. Hannah sits outside on a swing set, smoking a cigarette. Ulrich joins her, and the two share a moment like they used to at the bus stop. And as we said before we started recording, Steve, it's a, actually mm-hmm. almost like it's a deja vu repeat of that scene at the bus stop <laughs> in mm-hmm. dialogue and almost every aspect, except this time. Um, you know, Hannah is the one that's at the swings that Ulrich joins her as when they were younger, mm-hmm. Ulrich's at the bus stop and Hannah joins him. And also, of course, Hannah's wearing the red, the red dress. Um, oh, yeah, we see that. <laughs> <laughs> she passes him a cigarette and he checks before taking one because right. I guess perhaps he promised Katarina mm-hmm. that he would stop smoking. I'm guessing that's what happened because he looks behind yeah. him like, is anybody going to see? I noticed that too. I think we're supposed to notice that. <laughs> he asks her if this is the apocalypse and what she would wish for if she could start anew. And she says, a world without Wendon. Yeah. Which I is what he it, told her. Yeah. Yeah. So that she's been studying him her whole life for this moment so they can be in alignment. <laughs> and their affair begins with a storm and a stolen kiss. Okay. You mean like right now? Like, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the kiss happens. Well, it doesn't happen quite yet. They run. Um, okay. You know, they run and all that, but, um, I, I, I wasn't sure if you meant like if their affair started at the storm when they were at the bus stop, when they were kids. So that's why I was questioning you. Not, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> <Okay>. being silly. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, yeah, they, they were, when they were kids, there was no kissing just now as adults. Yep. This totally 100% reminded me of Heather. Because she loves to sit outside in the like when it storms and watch the storm and sit like in our backyard stuff and smoke cigarettes. And so, like, I told Heather that I was like, This reminds me of you. This is like you. And Heather was like, Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> so she knows thyself. Mm-hmm. So the rain begins to pour in earnest. Ulrich runs towards the shelter. In the yard. And this is our, um, I will say this is our musical interlude as well. The song mm-hmm. is Twisted Olive Branch by Asif Avedon. He pulls Hannah along with him and they kiss as Katerina in the house is holding Mickle, the two women with mm-hmm. each other's husbands. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Across town, Peter runs to ben- Bernadette's trailer he notices the parked tractor trailer nearby. Inside the shadows between the trucks is Franziska following her father just as Magnus followed her. Mm-hmm. And then Magnus is also looking at photos of Franziska on his phone. So there's lots of uh, there's lots of passion going on here oh, in yeah. this in this scene. <laughs> yep. Ulrich and Hannah, they're stepping in it now big time. And yeah, I guess this is what it's, you're right. Yeah, it, it took a storm and they're away from everybody else. I don't know why they didn't run into the house. Instead, they ran to hide away from everybody. Um, 
Peter obviously lied to Charlotte because he was telling her when we first met Peter, it was November of 2019. And he was trying to say it's been a year, you know, since the affair or whatever, trying to make us believe it'd been a year since he'd, um, he'd hooked up, but you know, here he is with Bernadette and it's just four months prior. So Hmm. just wanted to point that out. (laughs) I like point out lies. Okay. Well, I I mean, I think, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but, um, but yeah, I just, I just thought this was before he made the promise. No, he made a promise a year ago. And so this is, you know, six, no, this is eight months into that year and he's with Bernadette and Francisca is out there looking. So there's like their link to the drugs. Like when Peter stops seeing Bernadette, mm-hmm. Francisca knows that Bernadette's being left hung out to dry, getting no, no hormones. So she picks up the slack there unbeknownst to Peter, obviously. Yeah. The Tiedemans enjoy some champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is They're... so stiff, but I mean, they don't want to, they don't, Regina doesn't want to go hang out with the Nielsen. She hates them. That's Absolutely true. You're like, everybody's them. at the party except for the, except for them, right? Because right. Regina knows, like, and there's a reason for it. There's a yeah. reason that Bartosh isn't there because he probably tried to do the same thing. Hey, the Nielsen's are having a party. I bet you Regina was like, mm, you ain't going hanging out with the Nielsen's. I don't want you going to their house. Mm-hmm. They'll tie, you'll tie you to a tree. Oh, <laughs> <I don't- laughs> uh, Yeah, that's true. You have to wonder if perhaps, uh, and this is just wild speculation, but I'm like, I wonder okay. if part of the reason Marta could never really get down with the Bartosh is because she senses this tension between their parents. Yep. I mean, I, I totally believe so. That's what we speculated that before. Like, what if they had hooked up Marta and Bartosh? Be like a really uncomfortable wedding ceremony. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Marta and Jonas are ha- have sex. And I said it was their wedding night because they're wearing the white clothes. Okay, good. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that there because I was afraid that you missed it before. And I was like, you forgot your great point because I didn't (laughs) I didn't make that connection either. You're doing all these color um, analysis for us. And that's a great one that that could be like their wedding night. They are consummating their love here. Mm -hmm. And this could be like their one, um, you know, we know they've had these dreams, but. um, Oh, yeah. Is this like their one. Um, you know, their one time to have real, you know, sex in the real world. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so more to come sure. in the future. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, next car, Jonas embraces his father and follows Claudia outside and he shares a last look with his father. So all of this love and romance and, well, there's love, romance, but also betrayal because, you know, Ulrich and Hannah are being unfaithful. Right. So into that, it's just like the song says, I don't know the lyrics, but the song title, Twisted Olive Branch, 
it just strikes me that this is, <clears throat> you know, this is like the festering wound into these, this beautiful day mm-hmm. is inserted a lot of grief and loss and, you know, toxic energy here, betrayal. You know, Peter's, okay, Peter and Bernadette, they may love each other, but he's cheating on his wife. So there's, mm-hmm. nobody can fully enjoy the good things because everything's tainted and twisted. Except for Marta and Jonas and White. That's right. Yep, the purity. <laughs> Their love is pure. Yep. So Michael writes the letter that he is fated to write. Copy and paste. Makes my head, (laughs) hurts my head. (laughs) Um, This is like also Tanhouse writing the book (laughs) that he doesn't remember writing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's probably might be how Tanhouse wrote the book. Just copied it just like Michael's doing here. Type it. (laughs) Calibri font. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so as he writes the letter, Jonas follows old Claudia into the caves. Right. Michael says, is writing the letter, and he says, we make a lie into our truth in order to survive. Adam looks at the St. Christopher pendant, perhaps remembering a night he kissed a girl in a white dress. That's cute. I like that. And I like that thing, we make a lie into our truth in in order to survive. That's great. I mean, it's poetic. And mm-hmm. I, I look at like, um, you know, people like in squalor conditions that are like, um, they have to lie to themselves and their children about their conditions in order to survive. Um, I mean, we, I think, I think everybody does it to some degree. I know I sure do. <laughs> I won't reveal how, <laughs> but you know, I think, I th- just think it's a really neat line. It's one that I'll keep with me. So then Adam looks up as a man and woman come into the room. They tell him he could have told Jonas what his true task was. Adam just says that the last cycle will begin soon. The woman calls the man Magnus and comments that all of them have sacrifices to make. So this sounds kind of like what Claudia said. Right, so right. this must be Magnus and Francisca as old lovers. And I'll just tell you, it is Magnus and Francisca. There's no speculation. Um, this <laughs> okay. is Francisca. Cool. And the two of them look at the unruly god particle. It's up there going wild. Yeah, we knew it's Magnus because somebody says the word Magnus. Yeah. And then like um, my original notes when I wrote down, I was like, the woman has the same hair color as Francisca. Could it be her? And mm-hmm. then I saw what you wrote in yours. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess yeah. I'm right. <laughs> well, yeah. And somebody wrote, somebody said, like, you forgot when there's the lady talking to Magnus. I was like, no, it's there. It just didn't say Magnus and Francisca until the second time I mentioned them. So actually, I don't know. Maybe the comment was made before I finish revise the recap or something Mm. but um but yeah that is the end of episode six and it keeps us wondering now that we know that that's magnus and magnus is standing there in 1921 hanging out with adam and francisca Mm -hmm. it just opens up a whole new door of um you know what's going to be happening next 
I, I, I'm just giddy with excitement. I just love this one so much. So now I'll ask you, Steve, is this the greatest hour of television ever made? And why do you oh. think people like this episode so much? Oh, okay. Um, I've seen a lot of greatest hours of television, Lindsay. I got to say, um, um, Breaking Bad definitely had a great hour, a great few hours of television in there. Um, Game of Thrones absolutely did. Westworld absolutely did. Um, I would say this would be in the top 10 of the greatest hours of television. I couldn't say it's the greatest. Um, but I definitely like this this week. <laughs> it is absolutely the greatest thing I've seen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can say that I'm with great I'm not sure certainty. that praise is too high, uh, Steve, but... But let's talk about it in context with the rest of the episodes. Okay. Why do you think so many people like this episode? Oh, because of I, the same reason I did. Watching um, two Jonas's running around with the Jonas from the future inadvertently making things happen that he doesn't think are going to happen. It's like we love those, or we, I love those moments in Back to the Future when you see like, multiple versions of people. Um, I think it's kind of like what people have been waiting for. They've been waiting to, for, to see Michael and they got a great, you know, version of Michael and they've been waiting to see the day that he dies. And this is even more, even greater than you thought, because I think that's what it is. I think it subverts expectations because we were just expecting everybody to go to the party and Michael to be home and paint a sad picture and kill himself because he's sad. But that's not what happened. And it's just fascinating the way they twisted it. And it's almost like a red wedding kind of thing for Game of Thrones. How it it is shocking. And it's... Mm -hmm. I think that's why. The subverting of expectations. How about you? What, what are your yeah. thoughts on that then? I'm going to throw it back to you then. I mean, I think that part of it is that you get to see the... Kind of the happy times. And... You know, uh, we, we haven't really, until you kind of see what you you had, then it's hard to really get a hold of the loss until you see what it was that they had before. Okay. And just seeing this innocent Jonas before everything went wrong in his eyes. Now, obviously, the twistedness has of Wyndon has always been present. And it was just buried in the cycle. You know, no kids have gone missing for 32 years. So it looks like everything's okay. Okay, yeah. But for Jonas, who was our... This is how we entered Wyndon, was through his eyes. This, he was our portal into the show. And so for him, this is like his happy... Like the last happy day he ever had, probably. <laughs> um. So it's just... There's just the poignancy about it. Um, this is before the before Hannah and Ulrich slept together, and it's just it's you have this hope. You start the show with you start the episode with hope, like let's see what Jonas is gonna do. You know, can he really change the past? And um, over the course of the episode, <laughs> your hope slowly dies. But it's still, <laughs> but like you said, it's not like it's not a despair i think it's despair for for jonas like he's he's spiraling after this to get some 
ground on his feet and also he doesn't know who to trust because he he was told by adam one thing and now cloudy is like well he lied to you so now can he believe claudia it's like for him he's probably the one that's he's probably the one that's the most messed up but for like his innocent self he was with marta tonight um but for michael you know it's not like what we expected like you said it subverts our expectations Michael didn't kill himself in despair. He killed himself in love to save right. his son. So it's still sad, but it's not what we imagine. We thought he's tortured thoughts as an artist and, you know, mm -hmm. he his motive was pure. His motive was uh, was to help somebody. So it just Yeah. Oh, hey, Lindsay, sometimes we do um, feedback from our podcast. Um, we did a little time traveling this week, too. People don't know that, but our future is affecting our past because people are hearing this now on like a Monday, but right now it's Thursday. <laughs> really weird. So we haven't gotten any listener feedback because um, it's too soon for it at this point. But, um, you know... I, I loved school. I loved going to school and I never minded pop quizzes. I thought they were always kind of cool. Um, I heard somebody say that you have a pop quiz for me this week. Is that right? I do have a quiz, but do you want to do our characters first before we do the quiz? Um, I don't know. Um, I kind of do because I okay. have a rant. I have a okay. pretty big rant. So I want to get, I want to do the, the angry, grouchy Lindsay, get that out of the way first. Then we can have our okay. fun time with the quiz. All right. Makes sense to me. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to change. <laughs> okay. Favorite character. Um, can I go ahead and go first this time? Or do you want to sure, go first? please. Okay. Okay. Favorite character is going to have to be Michael. Yes. Um, and though, I said I'm yes. Just... Not, not just because I'm excited, but because yeah. obviously I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say if I had, if I had a second place, I would give it to Jonas because he had a super strong episode, but this is Michael's episode here. Um, yes, it is. he, he, this is his one episode to really capture us with his, with lines and things. And he just, he just crushed it. His role was so good and convincing. And I just thought the acting was was wonderful in his part so big props to this actor yeah he reminds me of dj qualls kind of if you know who that guy is <laughs> he's an actor from um like from some, like the early 2000s movies looks a lot like michael here and i would i really liked how um you know michael was just happy and his uh his carefree nature it was not at all what what uh what we were expecting of him so, I, you know, he was my favorite, too, by far. I, I was in the same boat that I really loved uh, the dual Jonases, and I liked the way um, that the actor played the two versions of himself. He did great. But I, I'm not sure if we're going to see much of Michael anymore. So I wanted to give him the award um, mm -hmm. this time around, just in case we don't see him anymore. Yeah. So for my least favorite character... The most annoying character of this episode is going to have to be Claudia. Oh, okay. 
I think this will be a very controversial thing. Yeah, maybe. I want, so, and this is like a big problem, like for the whole show, in fact, I have a problem with this. Because she's really coming, you know, she's really putting a lot of pressure on Jonas about like, he has to make sacrifices and it's not just about you, it's it's about everybody and mm-hmm. but yet she isn't willing to make sacrifices. <laughs> she keeps talking about Regina. Regina will be saved. Right. Like what if Jonas feels that exact same way about his father? Sure. So I thought that her whole speech sounds really great, but she has you know, she has her own selfishness that I feel like she's not acknowledging here. And I've actually had people like, I mean, there's more of the show to come, but I think, you know, I've heard people talk about this and that Claudia is so empathetic and I'm like, well, what sacrifices are you making? I mean, yeah, 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 of course she's, she's done stuff, but I just, I thought that it was a little short-sighted. I just didn't like how she was saying like, well, you know, you have to make sacrifices. It's just quite a thing to put on a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like she was, she's like thinking a lot about Regina. Now, now this is the older Claudia. So maybe mm. there's, she's grown. And there's more on her mind. You know, maybe she is seeing a big picture. Okay. But from our perspective, I was like, how can you say that to him when you keep thinking about Regina will be saved? Would you be willing to make that same sacrifice that you're asking him to make? Yeah, I get that. It is kind of questionable, too, like why she's even there and why she's even part of this. It seems a little strange that she's showing up now. I think we're supposed to be suspicious of her. Okay. And there's the that whole like misdirection, right, from like Stranger Jonas last episode, too. It's like first he said, you know, Adam was the was the mastermind and now it's Cloudy as the mastermind. And so they want to keep us kind Oof. of guessing about who's really... Who can we really trust? We um, can see why he thinks she's the mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, from his perspective, like she has a lot to do with like his dad, his dad, you know, committing suicide there for him. Yeah. So I guess he could, I guess with time, he kind of saw that as a mastermind ploy. Okay. Claudia. So that's my rant. Yeah. Okay. So my least favorite is a character we barely even saw this episode. So it's interesting that they're my least favorite, but I'm giving it up for Adam because he misled uh, Jonas here. Like he had a lot to do with, um, with this path being laid. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. I don't know who to trust because everybody says they're on the light side, but he obviously misled him and, um. Yeah, it looks like Magnus and Francisca were kind of questioning him too here at the end. Um, you know, I thought about maybe like Ulrich and Hannah starting the affair would be the the worst, but I've already given them the worst plenty of times. So <laughs> I think it, I think it's time for Adam to to own up to <laughs> own up to his le- leadership position here and take some responsibility and take one for the team take a least favorite for the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's completely fair. Even though, like you said, he's barely in this episode. 
We are mad at you, Adam. We are very mad at you for lying to Jonas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, was, well, so yeah, that was your evil rant. So now you can get into a happy rant and give me a quiz. quiz. Yes. Okay. Well, this is this quiz is a quote quiz. Oh. So I'm going okay, I like to this. I'm going to say a quote, and you have to say who um, who said it? that line in the show now i've given i've actually helped you a little bit because during this recap um i I actually said some of these quotes so you have sort of you have we're sort of freshed refreshed um on some of this not all plus i have i have the benefit too of having seen every episode like three times and have talked about it with you for hours and then i've listened to our conversation so i think i'm feeling pretty confident on this one Okay, okay. We'll see. I have, so I have 12 quotes here. Oh boy, okay. Okay, so here's the first one. We all face the same end, those who have long forgotten us. They do not judge us. In death, I am all alone, and my only judge is me. Okay, I take it back. I don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like something Adam would say. So, um... Yeah, I'm going to guess Adam. This is Marta. Um, This is her doing the play. Oh, okay. Play. Okay. That makes more sense now. Okay. You got me. First one out the bat. This is going to be a hard quiz. Uh, Viewers, play along. See how you do compared to Steve. (laughs) And you can let us know uh, at sweetchildoftime at gmail.com. Okay. So then... Every now, but every now and then it's good to question those who question things. Thanks. Um, it, it sounds like a police thing. Let me, let me say it again. I, I figured this one would be so very easy for you. Um, but every now and then it's good to question those who question things. Um, it sounds like somebody's talking about Mickle here and how he's questioning things. So, uh, I don't know, Ulrich. The person is talking to to Mickle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's Noah. It's Noah. Yeah. I, I realized it like a split second after you started saying the end. <laughs> I think this one came up during the show too. Okay. 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 So far, okay. so bad. Second one. Second or third, third one. one. Yep. We are all full of sin. No pure human being exists. But no matter what we do, we never fall any lower than into God's hands. Adam. Again. I'm it's wrong. Noah again. It's Noah. You gave two Noahs in a row. Yes, that's against all quiz rules. You can't do that. I didn't say. I mean, <laughs> in fact, I, I will tell you this. The person who has the most good quotes is Noah in the show. If I could, I would be. It would be all Noah quotes. Okay. <laughs> He's extremely quotable. <laughs> I'll remember that next time. Okay. I won't say Adam as a default. I'll say Noah. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of Master Zhang's paradox? I dreamt I was a butterfly. Now I've woken up, and I no longer know if I'm a person who dreamed he's a butterfly, or if I'm a butterfly who's dreaming it's a person. Yes. Thank you for refreshing my memory. Earlier this episode, it sounds like that's Inez talking to Mickle. You're right. Yay. Inez. 
Our thinking is shaped by dualism. Entrance, exit. Black, white. Good, evil. Everything appears as opposite pairs, but that's wrong. Noah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Second, you have another guess? Adam. (laughs) No. (laughs) You're like, I feel like you're doing the Sunday school answer. Jesus, God. (laughs) They usually say all the weighty stuff. This is Tan House. Say, okay, okay, say that one again, please. Our thinking is shaped by dualism. Entrance, exit, black, white, good, evil. Everything appears as opposite pairs, but that's wrong. This okay. is from the conversations with the stranger. All right, okay. Man, I was so full of false bravado when we started this <laughs> quiz. I've only gotten one right so far. Okay, I'm well, still willing to Well, this is like me trying to do like German, <laughs> German like <laughs> punk songs. Okay, what we know is a drop. What we don't know, an ocean. Who is the first uh, person who said this? Ike Larson, um, burnt Doppler. <laughs> yeah, it is burned. Yep, I remember that scene. Good job. I actually forgot that he was the first person that said that until I, you know, saw the saw the quotes because I was like, whoa, okay. Oh yeah, it wasn't Ike Larson. It was um it was her dad, whatever his name was. <laughs> Mara Franklin's Ooh. dad. No, it's not from eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, they said that a lot in eighteen ninety nine. No, it's from Dark. That's not it's I not know, in but- Absolutely, hundred percent guarantee. It's like in the first episode they say that. that in eighteen ninety nine, yeah, Mara's dad says that to her one time when he's acting all creepy. Mm, I'm gonna have to look this up. I, I okay, don't think so but everybody's okay. agreeing with me right now, shaking their heads. <laughs> all right, I'm sensing it out there. This one, I'll give you a hint. It's um the person was quoting a movie. Okay. When you grow up, your heart dies. I know the movie. It was The Breakfast Club. Um, and the person who said it was Katarina as a teen? No. Okay, I'm wrong then. Who was it? Ulrich. Okay, as a when teen. He's talking to, when he's talking to Hannah about the movie. He, remember he talks to Hannah about the movie and then. Yeah, when they're kids. He's like, she's like, well, you could see it with me. And he's like, Katarina. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> okay. Um, we live next door to people we know almost nothing about. And behind one of those doors is my son. It could be anyone's door. The man behind the cash register. Someone we invited for cake on a Sunday who plays with our children. I don't want to look away anymore, and you shouldn't either. This city is sick. Wyndon is like a festering wound, and we're all part of it. Yep, that was when Katarina went on her uh, Rush Limbaugh talk radio rant. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Why not Forest Road? Oh, that's Egon. (laughs) No, no. That was, um, yeah, Egon asking Helge about Forest Road. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, he wrote it in his journal. He yep. said it. To, he said it to himself. <laughs> Some things you just want to keep to yourself. Okay, I'm trying to remember the context of this now. Um, 
Oh, it was uh, Magnus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Keeping his love life to himself. Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? The adults in my life seem to be haunted by ghosts and demons. The adults in my life seem to be... Wow. Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't remember this one either. Um, I'm going to guess Francisca. Okay, I'll give you an, I'll give you a hint. Okay. <laughs> um, this person was reading a book that has the word ghosts in it. Oh, okay. Um, that would be Regina then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I got Time- it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Time is always with you. Wherever you go, you carry it within you, and it carries you. It sees and hears everything that you do and say. Um, that does sound like an Adam thing or a tan house thing. <laughs> Am I it's wrong? Noah. <laughs> it's Noah. Dang it. <laughs> this is what he says to Helge, and then Helge says it to Claudia. Okay. 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 Last one. Oh. They say it's a piece of God, but it's a piece of the devil. That was Elizabeth doing her <laughs> sign language. I Elizabeth. remember that well. Yep. Man, that was a tough one. That was great. I like that a lot. It inspired me. I want to I want to go back and find some dark quotes and throw it right <laughs> back at you and see how you can do it. And yeah, I guess we're at the tail end of our episode now. And hey, we're doing good on time. We're right, right at exactly at two hours this week. Um, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, I guess for my plugs, you can find my band Intro Void on Spotify and Apple Music and all those other places. Um, but that's my plug for the week. How about you, Lindsay? Well, I've got more Fantasia Fest reviews coming out this week. And next week, I'm going to be filming a discussion about Oppenheimer. So I did my review already and turned it into video, but I'm going to be doing a three-person discussion where we talk about the movie as a group. Sweet. Nice. That's going to be a YouTube, right? It is going to be a... No, it will be on the podcast, which you can now find on Overcast Apple Podcast and Spotify at one of my stories. So all three platforms. I'm I'm continuing my campaign to take over all the world. (laughs) (laughs) But I had somebody tell me they only listen to podcasts on Overcast. So I was like, all right, I'll go on Overcast. Yep. You go where the people are. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I guess we'll be continuing this next week with episode seven. Man, we're getting on the tail end of this season here. They only have eight episodes this season, so mm-hmm. we got we're almost two more. done with we're almost done with um, season two, and we are over halfway done with the show as right. well because there's 26 total episodes, and today was the 16th episode, so we're over halfway done. That's that's neat. It's also a bummer because I want more episodes, you know? <laughs> you have, but there are other topics, you know, what we know is a drop, what we what we podcast about is a drop, what we can podcast about is an ocean, Steve. There's oceans of topics we can talk about. 
there's so many shows to recap and so many TV songs to to do cover versions of. <laughs> so I got I got plenty of stuff ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. We're gonna call it the evening then. So from us at Sweet Child of Time, we hope you always find water and shade out there. And Lindsay, before I say goodbye to you, I hope that you always find water and shade this evening. Steve, I hope you find water and shade and a nice plate of tiramisu. Thank you, my favorite. Yum, yum. (laughs) Bye. Bye.